I'm Lee Robinson, mid-twenties, studied and worked in marketing for a couple of years, writing content, piecing together campaigns. It was a good gig until I decided I didn't like it anymore. I wanted to look for something else. Growing up, depending on when you asked me, I wanted to be a professional soccer player or an astronaut. I had big dreams. At some point between then and now, the plans changed. Sometimes I woke up dreading the thought of going to work. You might say I settled for mediocrity. My mom would tell you that I became realistic about life. I ended up quitting my job. Hi Lee, hope you're okay. This is a voice note my mum sent me, telling me to stay safe on my holiday, which I took after my final day in the office. Keep in touch and um, hope it's not too cold and have fun. Bye. I decided to go back to uni to study journalism. I'm still trying to discover what I like doing for work. I do like interviewing people and storytelling. Podcasts are pretty cool as well. So I'm on a mission to speak to the people who have found what they love in interesting places. Those who went against the grain, avoided the rat race to pursue what makes their hearts sing, sometimes at the expense of their bank balance. I want to know the secret of finding a job that doesn't feel like a job at all. This is Do Quit Your Day Job. This evening, I'm heading to Soda Rock Diner in South Yarra, which is where I'm meeting someone who's going to be performing. As I step into the joint, I'm taken aback by the servers cruising around on roller skates. I'm immediately transported into 1960s USA. Not that I know what it was like, but everything in this institution is true to the decade. You've got a jukebox, vinyl records plastered along the walls. Then there are the American Diner uniforms and American Diner food, even glass Coke bottles. Oh yeah, and there's a life-size Elvis Presley mannequin who greets you at the door. Which leads me to Marcus. My name is Marcus Jackson. I'm an Elvis tribute artist. I've been an Elvis tribute artist for the last 10 years and I'm from Melbourne, Australia. Marcus is cool, confident, doesn't seem like the type to get nervous or feel under pressure. And if it sounds like I'm recording in the back room of a 1960s diner, it's because I am. Performing for me is everything. Performing for the Elvis fans is everything. That's why I take this tribute quite seriously. I I try and give the audience the best experience. I study the guy nearly on a daily basis. Um, you study him on a, on a daily basis? Yeah. Which means like you'll play a song and because of YouTube today you can not only just play the song but you can watch the clip too that they took of Elvis. So you're watching and you're like, oh, I didn't know we did that. You know, I've been done it for 10 years and I'm still picking things up. Now I'm talking nitty gritty stuff. 
So when he when he sings and he holds his microphone, the way he actually holds his hand when he's got his hand down here and he's singing a, a ballad, what he's doing with his hands, actually moving his rings and things like that. Other artists don't do that. They don't hold their hands correctly like Elvis did when he was singing. They might not raise the eyebrow at the same time as Elvis did on stage. We're talking experience of Elvis, yeah? I mean, I've been performing anyway. Since the age of five, so. And I'm now 41, so. Spring chicken. Yeah. <laughs> Marcus lives and breathes performance. He performs for guests at the diner on special occasions. Today is the 4th of July, America's Independence Day. He also does private events if Elvis tribute artists are your thing, and it's safe to say that he takes his job seriously. Marcus hasn't always studied Elvis like this though. Elvis grown him over the years, like a song that gradually gets stuck in your head as you hear it again and again. Well, my first experience with Elvis was uh, probably back in the days when I used to run a cabaret show in Melbourne, uh, which we would play at different reception venues. And during the show, I did a couple of songs from Elvis, but I did Tom Jones, Frank Sinatra, Michael Bublé, um, Neil Diamond, you know, all the, all the greats. And during that show, I did Elvis. And what people would come up to me and say after the show is, you wouldn't believe it, but when you did that Elvis section, your eyes just shined. It was like, that was like the heart of your show. Didn't worry about it too much. And you know, I'm like, yeah, thank you very much. But what happened was I got a phone call one day from an Elvis tribute artist. And he said, I'm looking for some dancers and I would like to see if I could borrow them for my show. And I said, sorry, and what do you do? He goes, I'm an ETA. I said, you're a what? He goes, I'm an Elvis tribute artist. And I said, what, like you put on like a costume like him and you like look like him and everything? I didn't know what it was. And they said, yeah, absolutely, that's what we do. So anyway, I let him borrow a couple of my dancers. We went to see the show. And I was like, wow, this thing actually does exist where you can do like a full show of Elvis. And I thought, oh my God, I'd love to do something like that because I love the man, Elvis Presley. That experience planted the seed for Marcus but he had no idea about the series of events that would lead him down a path to the man he is today. Then it wasn't until 2010 when I got married, my wife's auntie's from Queensland. Anyway, she came down to the wedding in Melbourne and she has seen a lot of these guys do it. And she came up to me and she said, is this something that you do full time? Because I got up with the band and I did a couple oh, of Elvis songs. you performed songs. at your I wedding? Performed. Yeah, yeah. Well, not performed, they got me up to do a couple of songs. It was <laughs> fun, you know? And um, she said, do you do this full time? I said, no, definitely not. She goes, well, let me tell you, you need to do this full time or you need to pay tribute to Elvis because your voice, she goes, I haven't heard before. And she goes, I've seen many. She goes, anyway, think about it. Ten years later, five multi-award winning tribute artist awards, casinos, cruise ships, Tomorrow, I'm going to Los Angeles, yeah, 6 a.m. flight. What's that all about? You know? Well, that's, a, that's an Elvis festival that they're just starting up in Los Angeles. And they've asked me to be a part of that, you know, because I've got connections over there and they thought it'd be a great idea. So, there you go. So, it all happened. The character of Elvis is hard to understand. His fame grew fast. 
a man challenged by bad contracts, managers, and drugs, but admired by fans around the world. Despite never touring outside of North America, Elvis explored a new landscape of music. But there was more to Elvis than the one-dimensional image the public saw. Um, well, he did go to Hawaii. That's where he was in 1973 when he did the massive satellite TV show where over one billion people watched. There's wow. no other artists who have had a billion people watch in 1973. We're not talking now on YouTube where you can get a billion people overnight. Uh, Taylor Swift and all these guys. We're talking 1973. So it's pretty incredible, man. It wasn't then until I went to Graceland and I actually walked inside the man's house and you see all the gold-plated records that he has down like a hallway and these massive plaques that no one has seen about the charity that he used to give, you know, the money he used to give to multiple charities. He went on a rampage, you know, a couple of Christmases and um, was buying Cadillacs for all his Memphis Mafia men and, you know, he would walk past a lady who was looking at the Cadillacs one day and um, he actually just went up to her and said, oh, you like the Cadillacs? She goes, oh boy, I love them, I love them. He goes, actually, by the way, which one's your most favourite one? She's like, oh, that red one's over there, it's gorgeous. He's like, oh, really? He goes, that's really good, I love red too. And he goes, just hang there for a moment. She's like, cool. And he came back and he handed her the keys of a Cadillac. He goes, that's yours now. I mean, who does that? Yeah. Because he didn't care for money. He cared for people. Marcus liked to focus on the good. Elvis as the man who came from humble beginnings and won hearts with a presence that stopped everyone in their footsteps when he walked into a room. And for Marcus to espouse this Elvis and these values when he steps on stage, that's what gives Marcus meaning. So the reason that we were in the back room of a diner was because Marcus was getting himself ready to perform that evening. So... Wait, so what's that that you've, uh, you've got there, by the way? This is uh, wig glue. <laughs> yeah. wig Vocal warm-up, makeup, people, hair. Them, oh, my hair is real. And uh, they said, oh, no, it's not, you know? I said, well, it is. I can prove it to you. And if you don't believe me, I'll show you the receipt, you know? The, um, he was in the middle of putting on his Elvis stuff, wig and, and to, um, explaining his pre-show ritual, which he seems to have gotten down to a T. the right gap between his forehead and his eyebrows. You know, and he, and he sort of had a, a very high forehead. Yeah, so I think... Hey, How are we doing? Good, thanks. Enter Leslie, the owner of the establishment, with an important message for Marcus. It's all good. It's fun. I've got... What are here. Yes. He says there's a man coming to the show tonight. Um, it's his birthday, turning 71, loves Elvis. Oh, yes. So much so that he wears his hair in the same way, all the time. Although the colour is a bit more grey and white. Now. Yeah, I'll get him up. Leslie asks Marcus if he'll give a shout out to the birthday boy. He's travelled a long way to watch the performance. Really? He's good? Marcus's face lights up. Marcus says he's going to bring him up on stage during the set. He wants to make it special for him. Wow. Will be interesting. Of course it will. That'll be very special, actually. The best part. This is Marcus's joy. This is why he does what he does.
That night, Marcus plays for a full house. The guests are glued to the show while they eat their hamburgers and drink their malt shakes. A handful get up and start dancing too. Marcus seems to be particularly popular among the middle-aged women. It's Marcus's job to entertain, but it's his passion too. What I do a lot of my shows is I hang around. I talk to people. I let them tell me their experience with Elvis. Or I just give them the time to talk to me because that's what they want to do. And without these people, at the end of the day, who am I performing for? Marcus has immersed himself in the world of Elvis. That's one of the things I'm going to keep looking for on this journey. When I can immerse myself in an activity, whether I'm playing soccer or a board game, or I'm writing something, it's that state of flow that gives me meaning and makes me happy. Sometimes people come to your shows because they have problems in their life. It allows people to release, to let go of their problems at home, to come to a world that they lose themselves. So if for a moment, for that second in time, if you think I'm Elvis, or you see something that I do that reminds you of Elvis, or geez, he just hit that note like Elvis, that's the best feeling in the world because I come and tell you, oh my God, you know, I thought I closed my eyes, and I hear this quite often, I close my eyes, I thought I was listening to Elvis. They go home happy. They go home, they forgot about their problems for the two hours they were at your show. You're doing, you're doing justice, do you understand? You know when you get a calling in life, and sometimes you don't know what it is. Before me doing Elvis, I was also at the same time writing music. I wanted to become a recording artist. I tried that, but I didn't get the satisfactory out of it, you know? And then I started to perform and do Elvis and learn a lot. Like, I've changed in 10 years. Because you keep learning from the guys that are better than you. Or you keep learning from Elvis, so I showing you something you didn't know. And then it just hits you, and you're like, you know what? I'll do this forever if I have to. I don't care. I've got dreams. I've got things I want to achieve. I want to put on my own massive shows in theatres and at the Crown Casino and eventually I want to win the biggest prize of them all, the ultimate Elvis tribute artist. I want to be number one in the world. So I've got those dreams to achieve. In the next episode, I'm talking to someone who spent their career sitting by themselves in a small dark room. Do Quit Your Day Job is created by me, Lee Robinson. 
This podcast is produced for Sin and made possible by Creative Victoria and the Community Broadcasting Foundation. A special thanks to Evram Shen for helping me to piece this all together. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.